to you again about what I started before the new year. And my theme was simply fight through it. Now that we are in the new year, I want that to be your motto. I want you to, I want you to grab a hold of this year with this theme that I will fight through it. That means that no matter what comes my way, I will not acquiesce, I will not yield, I will not surrender, I will stand tall, I will stand, stand on business. It's only a few people that understood that. I will stand on business. I will not, <laughs> I will not give in and I will not back away. I will be determined this year. This year is going to bring about many changes in our lives, even in Perfecting Faith Church. It's going to bring about many changes. But it is our time of determination to make ourselves sturdy, strong, and secure. To know that whatever I have of any worth coming to me, I'm going to have to fight through it. I'm not fighting for it because it's already been given. But I'm going to have to fight through life in order to get to it. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't have to fight for the blessings of God, for the blessings of God come from God's faithfulness toward us. I don't have to fight for the blessings of God. The blessings are already set up. Already set up. I said they're already set up. Amen. What God has promised, it is already in place. But there's life that I've got to deal with. There's everyday living that I've got to deal with. There are circumstances I've got to deal with. There are some things in me I've got to deal with. There are some things in other people that I'm going to have to deal with. Amen. And in order for me to succeed, I've got to fight through every situation with the right warfare. With the right warfare. Oh, I don't hear anybody here. And I'll just preach to the camera with the right warfare because you, you, you got to know that this thing called holiness is going to draw attention from the enemy. You trying to walk, walk this thing out the way God has planned for you and you deny your flesh and you deny your desires and you deny your will and you deny everything that is detrimental to you. You deny your addictions. You deny your thoughts. You deny yourself. Satan says, no, I can't let that happen. I know your proclivities. Proclivities is just a big word for natural desires and tendencies. Satan says, I know what you like. And so now that you're trying to break free from me, I'm going to inundate you with what you like. I'm going to spark up those feelings. I'm going to have the wrong people call you. I'm going to have the thoughts run across your mind. I'm going to rehearse what happened to you in the past. I'm going to remind you of what you felt, what you wanted, what you did. I'm going to do my best to allure you backwards, to take you back, because I see that you've made up your mind that you're going to live for God, but you're not going to do it without a fight. Well, I want the enemy to know something. If it's a fight you want, it's a fight you gonna get. And I'm not about to lose this battle. I've lost too many battles before playing with you. But right now I got the best. I understand. I've come to the realization that I have more power in me than I have given myself credit for. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You're talking about you trying to allure me back to my past? God's power of allure is greater than yours. He's alluring me into my future. He's dragging me out of the muck of yesterday. He's taking my feet out of the miry clay of the failures of my yesterday. And he's showing me a bright future ahead. And he's saying, Donnie, I've given you power to tread upon serpents, scorpions, all the power of the enemy, and nothing that they do can hurt you. Keep moving, boy. Fight through it. Somebody holler, fight through it. Paul told his son in the gospel, Timothy, in 1 Timothy 6 and 12, he simply says, fight 
the good fight of faith. Now let me give you a backdrop to this. He's telling Timothy, don't be like all the rest of these fake people. If you read from the first verse, he says, I want you all to honor the people that are over you. Do you have, I, he says, servants, I want you to honor your masters. Oh, masters, what are you talking about? Oh, that's, that's slavery. That's where they got slavery from. No, 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 no. You have to understand the interpretation of words. This was not written in our American English. And when it says masters here, it means your head or your employer or those, those that are over you. When he talks about servants, he's talking about workers. Amen. He's saying, don't be so saved that you don't think you got to obey the, the, the boss. Don't go on that job. So, I, listen, I got Jesus. I want you to punch in on time. Listen, I get here when the Holy Ghost let me come. Y'all laughing, but, you know. Did you get that? Did you get that job done? Listen, I got. I was listen, I was in prayer. So what he's saying is, servants, I want you to respect your employers, your supervisors, your superiors. I want you to give the best that you have as a believer to whomever has. The, the, the upper hand I want you to serve them with all of your might just like I don't hear anybody just like Joseph did when he was put in, in situations he reverenced those that were over him and because he reverenced Potiphar and did his best work there even though he was a prisoner hallelujah Potiphar said I see what you're doing come here man I'm going to make you second in command that's what happens when you do it with all your heart. And you keep the respect level high. And the same thing, when he went into jail, he was lied on and put into jail. And the warden saw how hard he was working. And the warden said, I know you're a prisoner here, but I'm going to make you second warden. Amen. So he says, I want you to really give yourself to obey. Hallelujah. To, to, to give your best to the ones who you're employed by, you're serving. He said, and even, as, and especially if you're serving, if you're serving a believer. He says, if your master is a believer, don't, don't, don't take down and think because we're both believers that I can treat you any differently. Well, just you know, I love God, you know God, you know how God uses me. Yeah, no, 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 don't be like that. Give the same type of reverence to everybody who's got the rule over you. Am I taking too much time? I, I, want, you, I want to bring it into context. I don't want to just extrapolate one scripture out. I want you to, I want you to see where it comes from. Amen. And then he goes on and tells them, don't be like these fake leaders. He said, don't be like this one, preaching and, and, and they're doing things just for the power and the money. Right, okay, I'm going to have to take me back to the first verse and we're going to go all the way down to the 12th. Come on, this first Sunday, of the, the first, first Sunday of the year. So I want you to take me to the first verse if you can and, and let me take you on a walk so that you can see how this thing fits in. How this 12th scripture fits into the theme of everything that is being said. Amen. You have to see it in its context. Glory to God. So I want you to go to, 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 to 1 Timothy 6 and 1. And it said, no, no, 6 and 1. I want you to go to 1 Timothy 6 and 1. Get, get ready, because this is Paul talking to his son Timothy, who he has put in position to be a pastor at a very young age. And he said, Tim. Let as many servants as are under the yoke of a, of, a, of, a, of a leader count their own masters worthy of all honor that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. 
You don't want your unbelieving supervisor or boss to think that because you act so ungodly that this whole thing is a fake. You represent Jesus. You, when, you, when you clock in tomorrow, you represent Jesus. Amen. So you clock in on time because you represent Jesus. Because you clock in before time because you represent Jesus. And you work with the, with the, to the, with the sweat of your brow. Amen. Because you represent Jesus. And verse 2 says, And they that have believing bosses, they that have believing heads and employers, they that have believing supervisors, let them not despise them or think commonly about them. Hallelujah. Are y'all with me? Because they are, don't think despise them because they're brothers, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved and partakers of the benefit. Hallelujah. These things, Timothy, I want you to teach your people and exhort them with. Come on. If any man, here we go with falseness. Here we go with false teaching. If any man teaches otherwise than what I just told you and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, that leader is proud. That person is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strives of words, whereof that's how envy comes. That's how strife comes. That's how arguments come. That's how evil murmurings come. That's how perverse disputings come of men and corrupt mind, of corrupt minds and destitute of truth supposing that gain preacher supposing that gain prophet supposing that gain is godliness from that type of person withdraw yourself from that kind of preacher withdraw yourself from that kind of prophet, withdraw yourself. From that kind of pastor, withdraw yourself. I don't hear anybody here. I don't hear anybody. They try to act like money is everything. Hallelujah. But the Bible said, Paul said, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Hallelujah. For we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. In other words, if you can eat and sleep, if you got clothes and the necessities, you're doing good. That's a good basis to start. You can always build on top of that. Hallelujah. I just want to keep it real with you. But they that will be rich, they fall into testings and trials and temptations and snares and into many foolish and hurtful lusts. Rich people got to deal with a whole lot of stuff. I don't hear nobody. The people get so wealthy and they get so 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 notable and, and and notable that they think that they're above laws, and they follow their own passion and their own lust with nobody correcting them. They will they will come into some hurtful. I don't hear anybody, and foolish decisions that will cause them trouble. And they that will be rich fall into temptation and snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts. Withdraw, with, with, with drown men in, in, which drown men in destruction and perdition. These things mess up people. 
When you don't know how to handle riches, it messes you up. I'm trying to help you. Now that doesn't mean that riches are bad, but the love of money. Money's not evil, but the love. Money's not evil, but the love of a lust for money. The, 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 the ferocious, voracious desire for more money to the point where you lose morals in order to get it. You don't care who you hurt in order to get it. The love of money is the root of all evil, which, hallelujah, which while some covet after so desperately, they have erred from the faith. He's talking about some religious people. They want money so much that they've erred from the, they've erred, they've mistaken, they have messed up, they have contorted the faith so that they can get more money. They've erred from the faith, hallelujah, hallelujah, and, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. I mean, they jacked up and now they got to pay the consequences for it. But you, Oh man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, follow after godliness, follow after faith, follow after love, follow after patience, follow with meekness and fight the good fight of faith. Fight that good fight that will cause you to override all of those evil lusts. Fight the good fight of faith that gives you assurance that God will take care of you. That you don't have to be chicanerous. You don't have to be a charlatan. You don't have to be duplicitous. You don't, I don't hear anybody. You don't have to be contentious. You can live holy and God will supply all your need. Fight the good fight of faith. If you want to get anything, if you want to lay hand a hold of anything, lay hold of eternal life. Hallelujah. Whereunto you are called also and have possessed a good profession before many witnesses. Somebody say fight through it. See, now we are in an era now where the church has been compromised. The image of church has been compromised. The, the, the integrity of church has been compromised. The good name of church has been compromised. And we have got people taking the pulpit that are not real and that are, are, that are working for their own benefit and not the benefit of the people. I don't hear anybody here. We've got people that have pop, pop, propped themselves up that are doing this thing for notoriety, popularity, prosperity, profit, power and have forgotten the people. We're seeing people that rise up in such grandeur and such stellar and luminous positions that they forget how to bend low and to serve. For the true leader knows how to wash a servant's feet. A true leader knows how to divest himself of glad clothing and get down and wash his disciples' feet. Because a true leader wants the people to become greater than he is. A true leader wants the people to grow and to become stronger and to become increased and to become empowered and to become righteous and to live holy. Not to serve the preacher, but to serve the God that has called us all. I don't hear anybody here. There is no, there is no celebrity in Christ. There is no celebrity. There's no one that deserves any accolade of honor or praise. Hallelujah. Not for the spiritual things. For the natural accomplishments, we laud people. But the spiritual accomplishments, every good and perfect gift is from above. It's from above. I don't have any good thing in me. But any good that happens spiritually in me comes from God. And any bad thing that happens comes from me. 
I give God the glory for the good and I have to take the blame for the bad. So this whole thing called Christianity is a fight. Hallelujah. Heard one preacher say that Christianity is a fallacy. Christianity, you can't find that word in the Bible. Ain't that right? And I'm seeing that there is a need for the camera. People want the camera. So they'll say anything to get the attention. When the truth is, that's not true. The word Christianity is not in the Bible, but Christian is. There are many words we use today that are not literally letter by letter in the Bible, but the concept is there. You won't find rapture anywhere in the Bible, but the concept is right in 1 Thessalonians. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the trump of God, the voice of an archangel, and the dead in Christ shall rise. Hallelujah. And we which are alive and do remain shall be. That's called rapture. The word may not be there, but the concept is there. Let's not play games with God. Let's not use the camera to engrandize ourselves as though we are the theological and theological expert and we're tearing down the body by trying to be the intellect. Tearing down the body. Rather fight one, one another and call it righteousness. That's not righteousness. God gives us something called meekness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this fight is not a fight against one another. For we, I'm about to preach. Millie, I'm about to preach. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We take too much time fighting one another. Hallelujah. And pride ourselves in the fight. Come and challenge me. If you think I'm wrong, come and challenge. Why do I have to fight you? All I got to do is ignore you and get back to that book. Don't challenge me to come to have a debate that will lead to nothing. That's striving with one another. Hallelujah. He said, not with foolish debates that will lead to strife. I don't need to come and just present my knowledge of the Bible to you in conflict. That's a lie. What I need to do is walk this thing the way God called me to walk it and teach this thing according to the love of God. And even when I correct, correct with love. That's how we fight this good fight of faith. I don't hear anybody here. We don't fight one another. I don't hear anybody. We don't fight one another. We don't use our tongue against one another. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. And the only thing that's supposed to cast down, pull down, is not my brother. I'm not supposed to pull down my brother, but I'm supposed to pull down the strongholds. I'm not supposed to pull down my sister. I'm supposed to pull down the strongholds. Pulling down the strongholds. And everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's what my warfare is. That's what the weapons of my warfare are for. for to pull down strongholds. That means things that have been holding me strongly. Things that have been holding people strongly. Addictions that have been holding people strongly. Bondage that have been holding people strongly. To pull down those strongholds. My fight of faith is to set the captive free. I don't hear anybody. My fight of faith is to, is to, is to make the captive free. 
so they don't have to deal with those strongholds anymore. I can look at the stronghold of drug and pull it down. The stronghold of alcoholism and pull it down. Stronghold of sex and pull it down. Stronghold of anger and pull it down. Stronghold of depression and pull it down. Stronghold of emotional disturbance and pull it down. Stronghold of fear and pull it down. I don't hear you here. Stronghold of sickness and pull it down. That's the weapon of my warfare. It's mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. And casting down imaginations. My weapons can cast down those images and those thoughts and those desires and those lusts and those doctrines. Casting down imaginations. Hallelujah. And every high thought, hallelujah, that's against the knowledge of God. Every doctrine that's against the knowledge of God. Every dogma that's against the knowledge of God. Every teaching that's against the knowledge of God. Every desire that's against the knowledge of God. Every lust that's against the knowledge of God. I gotta cast it down. I pull down strongholds. I cast down imaginations. I'm tearing things up in 2024. I'm making sure that I'm free and that I use the power rightly and that this fight of faith is productive. I don't hear anybody in the house. We've got to fight with some real understanding that the greatest battle that we have is within us. The greatest battle that we will fight is within us. We got to learn how to wage war against us. Wage war against our mind. Wage war against our attitude. Wage war against our lusts. Wage war against our deception. I don't hear anybody here. Wage war against our self-will. We've got to learn how to fight this good fight of faith. And let faith take the place of my will. Let faith take the place of my understanding. Let faith take the place of my opinion. Let faith dictate to me. Let faith lead me. Let faith remind me of everything that God has said. I'm losing you, but I'm going to keep on with the few. If there's just two or three of you, that's fine with me. Because we have to get to a point of maturity where we finally grow up and we stop fighting one another and we start fighting this thing called me. Stop fighting you and stop start fighting me. So that I learn how to shut my mouth. So that I learn how to curb my attitude. So I learn how to govern my spirit. So I learn how to walk this thing rightly. You better hear what I'm saying. You are the greatest enemy that there is. You are a greater enemy than Satan himself. Hallelujah, because you can do yourself more harm than Satan could ever think about doing. Your disobedience sets you up. Your attitude sets you up. Your thought pattern sets you up. Your dysfunction sets you up. You need mass deliverance. And that is the fight of faith for you. You've got to fight this thing called the flesh. Do I have anybody here who understands what I'm saying? You got to get tired of jacking this thing up. You got to get tired of you getting in the way of you. You got to get tired of your tongue running out of control. You got to get tired of having your own opinion and don't care what nobody say. That's immaturity. You've got to hear God and you have got to bend low and you have got to humble yourself before his mighty hand. I don't hear anybody here. And 
if you're going to fight, you fight the flesh and you fight the enemy to win. No, 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 no. Hear what I'm telling you. And I'm about to close up right now. It's time out for us deeming each other as enemies. I need you to fight. I don't need to fight you. I need you for the fight. I don't need to fight you. We are so, we are, we are in a bad place. The internet takes all of our attention and focuses, it on, focuses on fallen preachers and, and gossip and rumors. And we give the vlogger more attention than we do the preacher. Oh, right, now, did you hear? Did you hear what they said? No, did you hear what the preacher said? Did you hear the news about what's going on? And did you hear what's going on with this and that? We are quick to disperse that information based on the failed and fallacy of the internet who makes stuff up knowing that most people will believe what they hear on the internet and don't, and don't even take into consideration the, 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 the responsibility that information must have. It must be responsible, truthful. Truthful. And people are made guilty until proven innocent. Most of us in, in America, oh, did you hear, did you hear, did you hear? I knew it, I knew that he I did. And all of this stuff, and it's taken our attention away from the real fight. We find ourselves fighting and enjoying the fight amongst ourselves. Amen. And I keep telling the people here at the church, I don't go on supposition. I go on facts. And all the stuff you hear on the internet is supposition. That's why they have to put an allegedly in there because it's all supposition and it is not facts. Amen, amen. That's why I got to turn that thing off because it'll mess up my mind. It'll mess up my ability to judge correctly. It'll taint my thoughts. And I need all my wits about me to fight this fight. So Satan has taken the attention of the believer and put it into the cesspool of this digital day. In the cesspool of misinformation. Saints who should be praying are now waiting for the next edition. And he has our attention in a vortex sucking us in. A vortex sucking us in. Because as long as our attention is somewhere it doesn't belong, the fight ends. And he can do what he wants to do. While the saints are out here fighting this fight against each other, Satan can destroy more people. Keep hold of those who are already in bondage. Tighten his grip. But our job is clear. Graced with a brand new year, we take our attentions off the corner and we put our wall clothes on. We put our helmet of salvation on so that the thoughts can't get across our ears. For the helmet comes down over the ears. There are ear guards on the helmet. I don't hear anybody. To keep the noise out and to keep the warrior focused. I want you to see a Roman soldier with a helmet on, with the ear guards that come down. It serves a purpose so they're not distracted by the noise while they're in the battle. I need my helmet of salvation on. Hey, I need my breastplate of righteousness. I need my heart to be right. I need to protect my heart from the evil and the lies and the wrong feelings. I don't hear anybody. And the wrong emotions. I need to protect my heart. 
the breastplate, it's time for us to armor up, y'all. It's time for us to get this thing together. It's time for us to put on the whole armor. You don't hear me, for the fight is on. So I got to cover my heart so that it doesn't get out of control. And I don't let the enemy attach it. I don't let the enemy pierce it. I don't let the enemy get into it. I gotta keep my heart because out of my heart flows the issues of life. So I got to guard my heart. I don't hear anybody here. You gotta put your breastplate on and you gotta gird your loins with truth. You gotta put on your loincloth that will gird your loins with truth. God desires truth from the inward part. Is that what David said? God desires truth from the inward part. So you got to gorge your loins up with truth. And you've got to put some gospel on your feet. Your feet has got to be shod with the gospel of peace. Look at somebody say, armor up, armor up, armor up. Why? Why? Why does my feet have to have the gospel of peace on it? Because wherever you try, you gotta bring the good news that will give peace to all men. Wherever you trod, you gotta bring the good news that will quell the storm of all fear, that will give an understanding of the love of God, the gospel, the good news has got to travel and your feet represent travel. You got to take this good news into the highways and the byways. My time is up, Jesus. You got to take the good news into the hedges and the highways. Wherever man is, that's where your feet have got to try. And you got to have the shield, the shield of faith, the shield of what? That's right, because you're fighting a good fight of faith. The shield of faith, so that when the enemy hurls lies at you, you're not good enough. You're not strong enough. Nobody loves you. You've messed up too many times. You got to use the shield to deflect the lies of the devil so that those lies don't get into your head. You got to use the shield of faith. Faith reminds you about what Jesus said. You're not enough. Shield goes up. But the shield and the sword work together. The shield and the sword work together. You need the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So when the word of the enemy comes, you throw your shield up and you counter with the word of God. The shield and sword work together. You can't make it. I can do all things. You're not enough. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You can't handle it. God's given me all power. In the name of Jesus, you yield the shandala. You yield the namashanda. You yield to no one. You yield the Moshe. You yield to no one. Everyone standing. Everyone standing. My shield and sword. My sh- sword and shield. And 
only time I use this is against the devil. The only time I use this is against the devil. I'm going to fight through everything I've got to fight through. I will not buckle. I will not bend. I will fight through it. I am so well equipped. And you've got to believe that. That you are so well equipped. That the enemy is no match for you. For you are empowered by God. You are empowered by God. The three things that are the, the greatest kryptonite to the Superman that you are. The three things, and I hate using DC references. I'm a Marvel guy. But the three things, and the only reason why I use this in DC references is because DC superheroes are the only ones who have weaknesses. Marvel superheroes don't have weaknesses. They don't have weaknesses. But the three things that are kryptonite to the superman that you are, superwoman that you are, in Christianity is lust, sex, money, and power. Lust, money, and power. Challenge the walk of the believers. Challenge the walk of the believers. And people have used those three elements wrongly and they perverted the church for the sake of power. For the sake of power, uneducated men and women start churches and don't even know the Bible really. And because of the power, because God said, God told me. Knowing that people will listen if you say, God told me. And they won't vet you. People can start a storefront church now and have 20, 30 people following them. And that sense of power, for that sense of power. And lead people astray not knowing the word of God. Hallelujah. Money. We've seen a whole entire movement of prosperity done wrongly. People relegating God and, and finance to a, lot of, a slot machine. Grab the lever, grab the lever, pull it down. Money coming to me now. Look at me, I'm walking on money, I'm walking on money. From Genesis to the maps in the back of that Bible, I have never found that. And we do this because people believe you when you stand up here. There are a hundred people, there are a thousand people here with a thousand dollars and the Lord said that you ought to give a thousand dollars and do it quickly now, do it quickly now. I know that you've got it on your credit cards. I know you've got your checkbooks and I've seen the services. And in 15 minutes, you've got a million dollars because a charlatan, a thief and a robber stood in the pulpit. A liar! Someone who wanted filthy lucre, a false prophet, a false prophetess stood and lied. And the people believed them. Went into debt giving money to a liar. The man of God said, the woman of God said, but did God say? 
I know, I know some of you are afraid to, to acknowledge that. Some of you are afraid to affirm that because you're still bound and afraid of some of these people. I'm not afraid of any of them. I'm not afraid of any of them. Hallelujah. I'm not fighting them. I'm fighting against the lie. Power. Money. Sex. Just like with David, so it is today. There are, there is a serious problem in the church with people of power utilizing their authority over the congregation to groom them and prepare them for sexual escapades. Let's tell the truth. Now, we covered, we've covered so much. We've covered so much. We, and I'm not talking about covering in a good way. But we, we can't tell the truth because if we tell the truth, then it's going to cause trouble. And I don't want to cause no trouble. But the truth has got to be told because the, the actuality is we, we've got victims. Who cares about the victims? Who cares about the victims? And these are the weaknesses in the walk of the believers. So now what we've got to do is we've got to purify this heart. We're having therefore these precious promises, dearly beloved. We got to, we, we got to, we got to get this stuff together. We have to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. This is to the church. Having these promises, Paul said, we've got to now, we've got to now cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. I woke up this morning and the Lord just started speaking to me. He said, you know, Donnie, this is an era where you compartmentalize me. Where writers are writing songs of pure worship, but living lives of compromise. They romanticize the walk with God in their song and make it so beautifully, beautifully holy. But then they go and they live exactly against what that says. There are preachers that preach righteousness but don't live it. And they feel that they feel this, they feel it when they're there. But then they've compartmentalized it and they they they've legitimized their feelings here in wrong. And when it's time to get up again, they go back to the purity of the word. But then when they finish, they go back to the practice of the lust. And I'm sitting there on the side of my bed saying, God. If you find anything in me that should not be, on this day I pledge to you, Lord. On this day I pledge to you. I will walk more circumspect. I will walk more carefully in your sight, not in the sight of man, in your sight. For I live to please you, O oh God. And I, I must admit, I have been guilty of that very compartmentalizing. I have been guilty standing up and singing and then falling back to my flesh. I know what you're saying, God, is true because I've lived it. I know, and you will always be true. But I can identify because I lived it. And you telling me this brings conviction to my heart. He says, that's what you're supposed to feel. Conviction, but not condemnation. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And as I sat there, trying to get myself together, as I was late coming in today, because I was trying to get myself together, 
dealing with this that God told me, this compartmentalizing that we do. I'm a singer. I know what it is to sing and feel the power of God and then to fall into flesh. I know what it is. I know what it is. Like, I'm not lying. I can't lie to you. I know what it is to travel and have to take my sisters with me so that my flesh doesn't mess me up. I know what it is to be on the great stage and have everything that you want coming towards you. But God says you got to put people in place that will be a buffer or you will fall. You got to fight this good fight of faith. I know what it is for your sisters to be your guardians. Marlene, Olivia, Andrea, Sherry, be your guardians. Tanya, be your guardians. Look at people in their face and say, you don't mean him any good. Get away. What I didn't know how to say, God gave them to say. You don't mean him any good. Get off the bus. Get out. Get get, get away. Because it was a setup for the fall. And God made it plain to me in 1984. Travel with your family. Because your family's going to see what you don't see. Travel with people that have no regard for a lie and will tell you the truth at all expense. For this good fight of faith has to begin in me. For I do not want to be, I'm going to end with this. I do not want to be the guy who preaches to others and I myself become a castaway preach to others and then I get lost so I throw myself under the blood and the mercy of God and say have mercy on me 